Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of healthcare coverage. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Amy Wells. Thank you for tuning in today. We're so happy to have you here. Dave McGinnis, better known as Coach Mac, he is, of course, here. Mac, it took me about 19 times to get through that open, so. Yeah, it was a rough open for you. <laughs> it was not good. It, it, no, it was a rough open for you. You had a rough first quarter then, <laughs> but uh, knowing you, you're going to rebound these next three, so we're fine. Ah, the power of editing. The Titans are 5-2, and two, so at least someone's not a hot mess, and that's the Tennessee Titans. They're yep. in a good spot right now. Five and two, it feels so good. They had a wild six days for the Tennessee Titans, beating the Bills on Monday Night Football. And then six days later, they have a commanding win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Mac, what stood out to you about that Sunday win over the Chiefs? What do you take away from that? It was a thorough win. It was a it was a it was all segments win. I mean, all all segments of the team, offense, defense, and special teams, did something to contribute in a big way to that victory. But it was it was a a very decisive win from start to finish, you know. And very very rarely do very rarely do you get into games in the National Football League where you feel that decisive from start to finish, and that was one of them. And so that was that was a lot of fun. The other thing that was the, that you know you talk about that stretch, you know, between the, the two games, Buffalo and Kansas City, it was at home with a packed stadium, and our fans got to enjoy every minute of it. And they enjoyed every inch of it. And that I really like that because I think that's important too because sometimes you can have big wins and everybody's happy, but when it's at home and it's at home back-to-back like that, then everybody really comes out of there you know, feeling really, really good about what's ahead. Mac, as a coach – how do you manage something like that? And I guess what I'm saying is these were two big, high-emotion wins. The one on Monday Night Football obviously was a primetime game that came down to a final-minute play that was a really big deal. The Kansas City game, as you said, was a full-team win, but again was on a big stage. It had the biggest regional viewing, I guess. Those Chiefs games are always kind of big, exciting games. How do you now manage a team, keep them from maybe having some sort of a hangover, keep them from being emotionally just exhausted from those last two wins, and help them get ready for another big game. The thing about coaching, and, and you know, when I say everybody felt good, I'm really talking for our fans. They have a right to feel good, and they can do that. Now, when you're coaching and you're playing, you understand that all you've really done is won one game. That's all you've really done, you know, taking this last game. All, everything that encompassed it, you have just won one game, and that's not the goal. That's not the goal yet. Kevin Byard said it so well. We haven't done anything yet, you know, other than win games. And so as a, as a coach and as a player, you understand that the next game is bigger, and the bigger games that you win preceding the next game, the bigger the next game gets. And we'll talk about this later on, but this next game is huge. I mean, the, the indie game is big. So what you do is you go back and you, you dissect. You dissect it always the same, Amy. You really do, whether you win or lose. You've got to dissect the film, and you've got to dissect it very, very honestly because that's the only way you're going to improve. And even if you do good things, there are still some things that you can do better. And opponents change. Opponents change every week, and so you're going to have to readjust no matter what. The 24-hour rule, I know that's, that's, a, that's a phrase that is overused a lot. 
Really what it is, it's getting the eye on the next target. And that's what you do. Mike Vrabel does a great job of that. And so does his team because the coaches can say that all they want. But unless the players are carrying that to the locker room and that carries to practice, well, then, you know, it's just words. But this team has a Mike Vrabel and his staff and then the leaders in this locker room since Mike Vrabel has been here have done a great job of carrying that next game message, which is big. Now, you're 100% right that nobody's winning any Lombardi trophies at this point in the season. That's just not happening. However, and I would like to get your opinion on this, the Colts are building this upcoming matchup up. And, yes, we know division matchups are a big deal. We understand all of that. The Colts are calling this a must-win game. They're calling this their biggest game of the season. It is. But is that too much for a Week 8 matchup? No, it is because of the way they started the season at 0-3. It is, and plus they've already lost to the Titans once. And, and we know right now the way this, is, this is, is, is looking to be, this is a two-horse race in this division. So they're not wrong in saying that. Now, they don't have to say it. Everybody knows it. They don't have, they don't have to say that. And, and they're, not, they're not saying that, you know, to overhype themselves. They are saying it because as to what's transpired to this point, it absolutely is. Is it good for the Titans that the Colts are putting so much pressure on this game? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't, it, for the Titans, how the Colts look at this game, nobody cares. The Titans. You don't care. You don't care how your opponent looks at anything. All you care about is how you prepare for your opponent. You could care less. You could care less, you know, that they're saying it's a Super Bowl. You could care less if they have Santa Claus come to talk to them before the game. You could care <laughs> less about anything that happens with the Colts. You, what you're concerned about is what you're going to do. Am I hyping this game too much? Well, no, you're not hyping it. It's just it's an important game. It's an AFC South game. It's a very important game. But at the same time, you know, all the years that I coached, somebody, you know, I would have people say, Coach Mack, this next game's really important. I said, tell me a game that I'm getting ready to coach that's not important. Let me know the next game I can lose and it's okay. When's the last time you had Santa Claus come talk to the team? Well, uh, let me think. It had to be around Christmas time because that's usually when he shows up. That's when he comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's usually when he shows up. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, Mac. Did you ever have someone really cool come out to hype the team, though? Like, was that one of the strategies you used, bring out some heavy hitter to come and talk to the team? Was that your – some coaches really get into that, the special guests. Well, I mean, I would normally bring back really significant players. Because, you know, that's who they want to hear from. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's important. I remember when, you know, Remember the Titans was out. You know, Jeff Fisher brought the real Remember the Titans coach back here once. Oh, that's cool. On a Saturday night when we were staying down at the Lowe's Vanderbilt. And, uh, yeah, so, yes, you can do that. I mean, it's, it, that's okay. But, that, you know, that's for Saturday night. That's not, you know, being out there at practice waving a pom-pom all week. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's talk about the Colts a little bit now that we are adequately fired up or not fired up for this game. The Titans have, of course, seen the Colts once this season. They got the win over them on September 26th. And there are a lot of things that are different from those Colts to the ones that the Titans are going to see this Sunday. Tell me what some of those differences are. They're healthy. You know, when they came in here to play, their quarterback was not healthy. I mean, he was an he was an if maybe to play because both ankles were a problem. You know, before he came in, he ended up playing the ball game. Did not have his mobility. Quentin Nelson, their all-world guard, did not play. 
you know. And so, I mean, they, they, they weren't a healthy football team, you know, when, when they came in here. They still had most of their players playing. But, they, the, but for your quarterback and then your best offensive lineman not to be healthy and to be absent, that doesn't help you. Doesn't help you at all. Now, the Titans, you know, have not had good health throughout this football team all season and, and and to their credit they have found a way to win games but that's the biggest thing and plus they started the season off you know once when we beat them September 26th I think I put them at 0-3 so they were struggling at that time well they've won three out of the last four so they they're a better football team now and so are we than when we played September 26th. Now, the run game is a really big part of their offense. How does that differ from some of the other teams that the Titans have seen recently? Especially the last two teams we played, the Colts are willing to bet everything on a physical run game. I mean, they have it. They have a back in Taylor that can really hurt you inside and outside. They have a great change of pace back in Naheem Hines that can really hurt you. And and Frank Reich will dial the run up. He will dial the run up. And with his quarterback healthy now, Amy, one of Carson Wentz's strengths has always been the play-action game because he can move, get out on the edge, he can throw on the run. He was able to do that from North Dakota State on. And so that's, to me, this is going to be the most physical of the three games we're talking about in this three-game stretch. This is going to be man-on-man for 60 minutes. This, this is going to be a real physical challenge and, um, and, and also a schematic challenge because it's different than the last two we played. Now for the Titans' defense, does it benefit them at all that they're playing a team that is a very strong run-first kind of team? Because I seem to know a team in the Tennessee Titans who like to run the ball. Does that help this defense prepare? You know what it's going to be. This is a physical football team that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have put together. But it's their mindset. You know, you know, when we played Buffalo and when we played Kansas City, you know, their mindset is a little bit more spread it out. You know, and work it around, and you know, and try to trick up your defense a little bit. There's nothing tricky about what Indy does. They're going to line up and they're going to play you man-to-man just like the Titans do. So it, it, it's a mindset that you have to have regardless of who you're playing against, but you have to be cognizant and aware of the fact that this football team that we're getting ready to play, they like to play like that. They like to play gritty and dirty and down in it. They like that, all right? Some teams don't like that. They can still win being not like that, but Indy likes that, just like the Titans like that. Now let's talk about the Colts' defense. What are they doing well right now? they got some injuries in their secondary, but their front seven is really good. What they're really doing well is taking the ball away from opposing offenses. You know, they've had 16, they've had 16 takeaways. I think they're plus nine in, 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 in turnover ratio. They're really good at taking the ball away, and that's because they've got some dominating people up front. They've got a middle linebacker in Darius Leonard that is as good as anybody in the league of getting the ball out. He's dangerous against the run in the pass. They've, they've always been – Matt Everflus has always had a really solid four-man front. We may see some eight-man front out of them now just because we have Derrick Henry. But to me, what they really do a good job of, they do a good job of creating havoc and taking the ball away. And when you have a defense that's doing that, Amy, it's, it's, it's because of two things. First of all, they're very physical at the point of attack. They're, very, they, they're conscious about ripping at the ball with the second and third man in. 
And also, they are always able to get you into situations as to where you're trying to strain to get something extra and they're straining to go after it. So, as I said, it all goes back to the mantra that I'm using on this game. It's going to be a physical football game from start to finish. So, what are a couple things that the Titans really need to focus on to get a win on Sunday? You've got to run the ball. You've got to be able to run the ball. Regardless of what they do, you've got to be able to run the ball. Because what's going to happen with the struggles that they've had in their secondary health-wise, you'd like to be able to get Julio and A.J. and your tight ends involved, you know, against them through the air. But if you don't ever make that second level respect and you don't make, a, 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 you don't make their defensive coordinator, Matt Everflus, respect the run, well, then he can lay back in coverage, and it's hard to get people open when people lay back in coverage. And so we've got to be able to run it. We have a couple Tennessee Titans who are going to be facing their former team, the Indianapolis Colts, on Sunday. Let's run through that list. Danico Autry was there for three seasons. Matthias Farley spent three seasons with the Colts as well. Marcus Johnson was there for three seasons. And Chester Rogers was with the Colts for four seasons. Now, I want to talk about Chester Rogers a little bit because, Mac, did you know that he was a child actor? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I find that so interesting. Well, I, th- I think it's very cool. I mean, I, I think it's very cool. What you'll find out, you know this, you've been in this a long time, and you know, for our listeners, there are a lot of really cool individual stories throughout the National Football League. I mean, these guys are talented in a lot of different ways, and a lot of it is not, you know, it, it used to amaze me on the teams that I was on, the musical talent that dudes would have. You know, some guys would, some guys would be uh, just geniuses mechanically, I mean, so they have a lot of talents other than the football. And, and yes, I knew, I knew about this, and I think it's very cool. So I had a chance to talk to Chester Rogers about this. And if you want to check out his IMDB page as you listen to this interview, you know, to get the full effect. His name was actually Trey as an actor, Trey Rogers. He is now Chester Rogers, the football player. Here's my conversation with him. All right, Chester, there are so many things that I could ask you about your career and playing football and being with the Titans, but I'm skipping all of that for right now. I want to start with the fact that before you were a football player, you were an actor. Right, correct, correct. Okay, tell me about this and how your acting career started, because you're not from California. No. You're from Alabama. Right, I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I got into my acting career around 9 to 10 years old. My first movie was Constellation with Billy Dee Williams and Gabrielle Union. I got casted for the role of the young Billy D. Williams. We shot it in my hometown, actually, uh, Huntsville, Alabama. After my first movie, like all the producers and directors, like they told my mom, you got to get this kid out to L.A. So um, I moved out to L.A. for four years, went to middle school there, landed some big roles, and I just kept, you know, kept doing it. I was having fun. I loved it. And um, towards the end, uh, I kind of told my mom I just wanted to go back and be a kid again. And I got back into football, and now I'm here. I mean, you've really been in some movies with people that a lot of People would know, right. you know, names that people have heard. Tyler Perry, Gabrielle Union, like you said. I mean, big names. Did you get to interact with these people? Like, Absolutely. how Hollywood were you? Honestly, it became so normal that it didn't feel Hollywood. But, you know, I'm I'm doing movies with Cuba Gooden Jr. You know, I've met Jamie Foxx, Chris Rock, you know, you name them. Like, I was living in the apartment complexes with all these guys. Um, one of the guys that was random, but it was Rick James. Like, we stayed in the same, you know apartment complex and I would see him in the grocery store and you know but it's so normal it was normal because you know everybody's just regular out there but um but yeah you know that was the that was the upside of it you did some voice acting as well mm-hmm. what did you like about that 
it's different, right? Yeah, that's definitely different. And then I would say that's probably the hardest one because it's just you and the mic. And um, I remember I did a video game. I had my own video game. It was a computer game. And yeah, I got cast for that. It was it was really fun, though. It was, it was fun. So how do you then make the transition from, you know what, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm going to go play football now. Well, really, it wasn't that I was going to be done with it. I just wanted to go be with my friends again. And we never made it back out to L.A. because, like I said, um, I got good at football again. And just took it from there. So uh, actually, I do plan on going back to acting once I'm done with football. So I didn't put it a bit. Have you kept some of those contacts? You keep in touch with people, kind of yes, keep yes, your yes. toes um, in the water? We definitely have uh, reached out to my, my agency that I had back in the day. You know, we still have those contacts. But, you know, yeah, we'll wait and see. Has it occurred to you how rare it is for someone to have a career in Hollywood and be cast in movies like that and then also be in the National Football League and be a consistent contributor for an NFL team? Like you're one in a million twice. I don't know if I'm the, the first or the only that's done it and, you know, been in this position, but uh, it's a blessing. You know, a guy put, you know, put it on my plate and I'm handling it. Uh, I don't take it for granted. You know, I, it's a blessing. Is there any crossover from being an actor in Hollywood and having some of those acting skills and being an NFL player? It seems like they're on two separate ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but um, I kind of I kind of challenge it as the same, you know, uh, when it's time for game time, it's like flipping that switch, you know, just like with acting. When, when the director says action, it's time to go. You flip a switch, you get in the character. So I kind of like it's the same as football, you know, Monday night, I'm going to flip that switch and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an actor, you know. You will be in character. In character. On the That's, field. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Being here with the Tennessee Titans, we've seen you kind of grow into a role and be more of a contributor. You're on the field a lot more. What has clicked here with the Titans? It's genuine, you know, uh, the, from all the way up to uh, the GM and down to the training staff, uh, everybody embraces me. I feel wanted. And, you know, it's just a great situation. I just feel like I'm in the right place at the right time, and I'm just taking advantage of it. Being a part of this team as it's grown throughout the season, how proud are you to have been a part of that growth? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of it because it's a great group of guys. And we all have a, you know, a common goal, you know, at the end of the season where we're striving for it. So, like I said, I'm embracing it and I enjoy it. So you're going to go as long as you can and then one more take it back to Hollywood? Yeah, when I, once I'm done, once I hang the cleats up, I'll probably be back in L.A., you know, uh, doing some things. What is your dream role? I don't have to sound cliche, but I was talking to some, some of my friends and just my story, my life story with some of my friends. I think it would be a great story, you know, to pitch, you know, uh, everything I've done in life. I would love to, you know, be in my own my own movie. Well, then who plays you in your movie? Me. You play you? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. Not as a kid, but you know, as I get older, I would, I would, I would play myself. Uh, I would love to do that. I'd watch that. Such a cool dude, Coach Mac. You never think that, man, I'll be in Hollywood for a while and then I'll go play in the NFL and then I'll go back to Hollywood, but that's his life. The first thing I like is, is when you introduced it, it to our listeners, you said, I am DB Page. I like that. Yeah. Because that's, that, that is Hollywood. Well, I mean, if you want to check it out, like it, it's basically like the getting on someone's Facebook page, but for actors. You want to see if, is this guy legit? And he definitely is. And to have one of those pages, you have to have been a, an accredited actor in the guild in Hollywood. I mean, I lived in LA. I know all these, I know all these things. You know all that Hollywood stuff. And <laughs> I, I mean, Mac, 
after Indianapolis, we are going to L.A. You have got to believe that the next Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast, I'm going to get the full Hollywood tutorial from you so that I know how to behave once we get to L.A. That you fit in in L.A. perfect. See, I really don't feel like I would. Well, I'm telling you would, so just take it from me. All right. That's next week, though. We're not. First, we're going to Indianapolis, and I know how to do Indianapolis, Coach Mac. I can thrive in Indianapolis for a lot of different reasons. Now, when we do these division games, because you and I travel with the team, of course, Division games are nice because we go to the same place every year. Houston, Indy, Jacksonville. We stay in the same hotels. We eat at the same general restaurants. We know how to get where we're going. We know what those stadiums are like. Division games are great because they're very easy. And Indy is even more easy because the combine is also there. So we spend a week there every year on top of going there to play every year. So we're all basically Indianapolis locals, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, I've been going to Indy since 1987. I've been to every combine they've ever had there. I've always liked Indianapolis. Uh, when I was coaching at uh, Indiana State in Terre Haute, I recruited Indianapolis. So I know Indianapolis very well. And you, the thing you bring up about, uh, you know, division games, it is true. You, and, but, and it's true for your football team, too. You get very familiar with who you're playing against, very familiar with your one-on-one matchups. And that that's what makes division games so intriguing and it really makes the second matchup so intriguing so all of that stuff you said is very very true but I've always been a big Indianapolis fan it's a great place and I'm struggling a little bit this week because earlier the league announced that 2022 is going to be the final year that the combine is held in Indianapolis and devastated doesn't seem like the right word but distraught might be the right word for how I'm feeling. So after 2022, it's up for bid. It could be in L.A. It could be in Dallas. Indy could get in and try to make a bid to keep it there. Mac, how long has the Combine been in Indianapolis? 1987. 1987. 1987 was the first year. And, and a, little bit, a little bit of that angst on your part is the familiarity that you have with it. And because, you know, there's a routine when you go up there to the Combine. I mean, I've been in that routine since 1987. I liked it. Plus the way Indy's set up, it you know it's it's always cold, but they've got the walkways and you and but you know how to navigate it. As soon as you go in, you just kind of get into the combine slot and you just start rolling. And so when it does move, I think it's going to the star in Dallas. I think it's going to the star in 2023, and that'll be completely different for everybody. The thing I always liked about it in in, in Indianapolis too, because a big part of my coaching career, 18 years of it, uh, 10 in Chicago eight here in Nashville with the Titans, you can drive to it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I mean, that's that's very good. When you have to load a plane up and go to the Combine for a week, it gets just a little bit more tedious, you know. So I'm going to miss it being in Indianapolis. And Indianapolis was such a great setup for it, but it just like everything else, the National, you, you never thought that the, the draft would be taken out of Radio City Music Hall. Right. Nobody ever thought that. Now look at what the draft has become. That's what the combine is getting ready to become. Believe that. And that's so great. And I think for the NFL, it's great. I love that they are taking NFL experiences, NFL moments to places to give fans the opportunity to have just one more touch point with the league. And I really, truly think it's great. But, Mac, I know what restaurants I'm going to eat at. 
I know uh, basically what room I'm going to be sleeping in because we've stayed at the same hotel for a thousand years. I know how to get everywhere with my eyes closed, with my hands tied behind my back. I can walk everywhere. I know who I'm going to see on the street at any given time because I know their routine the same way I know my routine. And I know I'm going to see every person I've ever met in the National Football League. And I'm not going to get that in Dallas or in L.A. because everybody's going to scatter. Amy, I'm really sorry. (laughs) You're the first person that's apologized. I'm really really sorry that moving the combine is going to be inconvenient for you. It's my favorite league event of all the things. Uh, The draft, fine. The Super Bowl, neat. I mean, regular season games, fine. The combine? How about this? How about, I love it. I know you do. And how about still loving it? And we can do this once once it goes to the star where I think it's going. Why don't you enter that with a little better attitude to begin with? And you might really enjoy it. Now, right now, I understand your angst and your and your little your, your see you're nervous about it being new. So just let that simmer. What do I always tell you? Do what? Keep the powder dry. It'll be fine. I'm just upset, but I'm going to enjoy my time in Indianapolis this week while I can. I know where I'm sleeping. I know where I'm eating. I know how to get everywhere. I might walk to the stadium just because I can. Yeah, well, you can, And but you know what's going to make us really enjoy Indianapolis? Huh. Beat the Colts the second time. Yes. There is nothing better than beating the Colts in their own house. There you go. That is very fun for me. Before we wrap this up, I do want to be sure that we let our next person who won a bobblehead know that they are a winner. See, I like that. See? I here like we come. That. We're yeah. bringing it back up. Bring- I brought it down just to bring it back up. You did That's bring it down. what I do here. <laughs> Congratulations to Morgan Booker. Morgan, you are the new owner of a Coach Mac bobblehead. Thank you for so Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for knowing the code word was playmaker. That's great. And uh, please continue to listen, share it, follow us on Instagram at Titans Amy and Mac. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Congrats, Morgan. We'll get in touch with you. Morgan, please put Bobblehead Coach Mac in a real place of prominence in wherever you reside. Congratulations. Yes, and send us a picture because we love to see our, our bobbleheads out in the world. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's a great thing. You know what else I love? Healthcare. Don't get sacked by the high cost of healthcare. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Randy Wilmore, Farm Bureau Health Plans. The best. Yes, agreed. We are very appreciative of them and all their support of the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. Mac Do you have any other words of wisdom before we head to sunny Indianapolis? No, I probably haven't said anything very wise, but I'm good. (laughs) All right. Well, then I guess we'll wrap this thing up here with no words of wisdom. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. We'll see you next time.